2: Numbers told the story, they always do. So, on those idiots who believe in analytics, this is a numbers game with Gil Alexander Gone VSIN.
0: Hour number two
3: of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, iHard Radio, YouTube TV. And oh, I forgot to mention again, DK Network for the first hour. <laughs> I forgot. You know. You know Kelly is, uh, he's too busy researching that project that we gave him, so he couldn't <laughs> remind me. So it's not your fault. Uh, I'm such a re crap producer. That's right. We're, DK Network folks don't know that we'll just disappear. They're getting a little hard <laughs> now. But if you're on Visa and all those things I just mentioned, you're getting us for Thanks for sticking team. around. Thanks yeah. for sticking around. We always appreciate it. Uh, still to come this hour, uh, we will have, well, first of all, Mike Pritchard standing by here momentarily. And, uh, well, we have other guests as well, Kelly that are coming up this hour to uh, discuss all things sports betting with us. Um, Tomorrow, the crack man on the show. We'll get Zach Cohen back to talk more tennis later in the week. We got stuff. We got stuff we're doing. Um, Real quick, we get tweets at beating the book before we get to Pritch. Uh, This is from Eddie Vegan Runner. He said, uh, when are the Monday morning recrap with gill shirts going to be available at the VEASAN store? Looking for those. (laughs) Mike Alvarez, I got it. After Sunday night football, Chris goes to Gillies to crash out uh gilly buys some bunk beds are you guys as you guys wind down for the night you record guessing lines from the bunk beds
4: <laughs> like, uh, okay. i can picture that i like that
3: yep scott weston uh in his best kelly voice he goes i'm sorry <laughs> uh but he goes in my best uh yeah been he called you Bin Laden. he's in my best kelly bidlin voice uh oh yeah boobies and dungeons and dragons best part of the megapod lmao Uh, Really enjoyed it. You guys blow my mind sometimes with all the analytics. Great show. And this is from Mill 3219 He said, landed in Vegas yesterday from a DK region of the world. Now I understand, Gil, why you can't wait until sports wagering arrives in Las Vegas. (laughs) Uh, Matt Brown waiting
4: on it to be legalized. (laughs) Any day it's going to be
3: legal here (laughs) in Nevada. And then Phil Weiss, uh, just for you, Gil, I took another piece of Strider. Look at the odds. Strider plus 550 at a certain show. Come on. Jeez. Do, I need to, do I need to run down the stats again? No, I don't need to do that. Okay. Mike Pritchard joins us, everybody. He is VEASAN's own. He has played the game. You can follow him on Twitter at MI Pritchard. How you doing, Mike? I am fantastic. How you guys doing? Doing great. First of all, yes, I, uh, good, before good. we get to the Travis Kelsey stuff tomorrow, I would be remiss not to ask you right off the top <laughs> how on a scale from uh, zero to losing my mind were you on Saturday watching your Colorado Buffaloes play under Prime?
1: Can we skew the scale a little bit more? Because I did lose my mind. I mean, yeah, uh, that thing was awesome uh, from the start to the finish, uh, even in the middle. Uh, the emotional roller coaster, everything you love about sports. I mean, we we saw that uh, play out Saturday for for CU. So a remarkable story, a phenomenal start to the season. Uh, now, now each and every game gets bigger, right? Uh, so this weekend, no different. Uh, certainly, uh, we turn back the clock a little bit as that neighboring state comes into Colorado uh, and into the Boulder too. So uh, I, I think the fans are going to turn out. That place is going to be so electric, uh, Gil and, and Kelly. I mean, they—they they, there's a generation that has not seen. Colorado football at a high level, yeah. a whole generation. Think yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh. So the this fan base is going to be at, at a rabid pitch, a fever pitch for sure.
3: Pritch, let me ask you a question. Do you not ever utter the word Nebraska? Is that how you roll with that? You don't ever say the word no, Nebraska? No, no,
1: no, oh. I never. Yeah, no, I say it every once in a while. Okay. You know, I'll describe them. You know, the N on the helmet stands for knowledge. And we, we kind of <laughs> joke around <laughs> with them that way. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Knowledge. But, uh, no, no. No love. Yeah. No love for. uh, Here's why. Here's why. This cuts deep. So, you know, this whole notion that that we are we are co-national champions with uh, Georgia Tech, I believe. Well, in reality, back then there was three major polls. We won two of them uh, and Georgia Tech won the coaches poll. Uh, And so, therefore, the only reason why they won the coaches poll was because Tom Osborne, uh, a team that we beat at home uh, in Nebraska, uh elected to you know select Georgia Tech as the national champion oh, because man. Georgia Tech beat them in a bowl game. I forgot. Well Nebraska about had that. half yeah. their team suspended for their yeah, yeah they had half their team suspended for that game. So we should have been unanimous national champions. So we, we still harbor ill will towards Tom Osborne and and those those neighbors there.
3: I love and I mean this I mean this truly, I'm not being sarcastic. I love that this is stuck in your craw all these years oh, yeah. and will never leave you. <laughs> Will never, never leave you. Never, yeah, never, any, never, never. Any never, discussion ever. we have from this point forward, Pritch, please feel free to wedge that into the conversation. You know what this reminds me of when we got snubbed <laughs> by Tom Osborne. Um, okay, sure, sure, yeah, about tomorrow night. By the way, let me just say this: I, I could not have been more jacked up about that Colorado performance. Um, I hope that this that this rolls, you know, through the next couple weeks. Last question: Do you think? that this team can compete with the Oregon's and the USC's of the world. They'll play them in a few weeks and in four weeks after that.
1: Yeah, you know, that, that's a big question. We we have time to get even better than than the start, uh, Gil. And, and I and I think uh, the way that Coach Prime attacks everything and, and his coaching staff, uh, they have a plan. Uh, they are well organized. That, that game was on the road and they played that well on the road. A few mistakes that they're gonna clean up, uh, but the discipline nature, the work ethic is there. Uh, the chance for this team to improve each and every weekend uh, is there, right? We know that the talent is there. I, I've been saying that uh, all off season that, uh, you know, the hard part was to attract the type of talent that CU has uh, in a program to a program that has been mired in misery. And now that you have that talent, can you enhance it? And and I believe coach prime and his staff have the ability to enhance it. So they got a great buy-in a tremendous opportunity to get better each and every week. So uh, yeah, I think I think they'll be competitive as long as they stay healthy along the way.
3: Uh, this team's going to be more competitive than a lot of people thought. All right. Oregon in then uh, three weeks and then USC in four. OK, Travis Kelsey. We don't know his status currently. We're going to get tests today. We may not know until kickoff tomorrow night against the Lions. The line has adjusted based on the hyperextended knee news. Um, not knowing anything beyond that currently the line is adjusted to four and a half consensus everywhere down from six and a half it's four here in favor of the chiefs at circa you're the guy who's played the game you know offensive football you know the chiefs right too much of an adjustment or just right
1: well no i, I think i think you got to factor in chris jones too in that adjustment yep. um you know chris jones is a is a game wrecker on defense he, he can wreck an entire offense and I think he means something to a number, the value of that type of player. And then Travis Kelsey means that much to a number too. you. You're taking out of the three best players on that team. Two of them are questionable or certainly not, not available for the chiefs at this point uh, on Monday. I love the lions plus six and a half. Right uh, now, do you want to chase anything? You know, it kind of gets ridiculous because uh, I think the chiefs certainly play well at home and home openers on a Thursday night. That's a different environment. Um, but, I, I, the lack of production uh, from a Travis Kelsey, uh, because Patrick Mahomes, he was the number one quarterback in yards after the catch, uh, and that helped them matriculate. Remember what they turned into last year as an offense? No longer looking for the scramble drill and a home-one drill Right, Tyreek Hill. They wanted to matriculate the ball, and, and a big part of that was a short passing game, precision passing game, and allowing guys to run with it after the catch. The third best player in the National Football League with yards after the catch is Travis Kelsey uh, behind Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey. So that's the company that he's in. So Travis Kelsey is an extension of the running game. Without him, I think the Chiefs will rely on the running game a little bit more. Um, But then also when you have the Lions with a really good offensive line and explosive offense, if they get it going, if they start to execute early, uh, I love the plus six and a half we had on Monday. Uh, It's it's difficult to kind of chase, uh, chase all that scene right now, though.
3: Okay. You loved the plus six and a half before this move. Gotcha. Uh, what yeah. is, what is your favorite play this weekend, Mike? You know, I don't have a favorite play yet, Gil. I mean, there's so many
1: unknowns. Um, you know, it is, it's tough to have just a, a play that excites me to where it's my favorite play of the week or my, my lock, my, yeah. uh, surefire lock of the week. Right. There's so many unknowns. Uh, and I think, uh, the way that I'm approaching it, um, but I'll probably tweet out something, uh, you know, as we get closer and closer right. let me, uh, let, to the
3: weekend. Let me rephrase. Let me let me ask a megapod question: Wh- Which of the big favorites concerns you the most? Which of the big favorites is the most likely, in your opinion, to lose outright? The Ravens are ten point favorites, um, right. hosting the Tampa. Uh, excuse me, Ravens are who are the Ravens? Ravens? Texans. Uh, Ravens are playing the Texans. Texans. as Ten point favorites. The Washington Commandos are touchdown favorites, seven point favorites against the Arizona Cardinals. Then you have Minnesota who is just shy of a seven-point favorite, hosting the Buccaneers. Um, And then you also have as a a six-and-a-half-point favorite... Who was the other six-and-a-half-point favorite in there? I
4: have already forgot. Oh,
3: Kansas City, before yesterday, before the move. So we'll throw them out. But of those three that I just mentioned, and I told you, I came to you from the future and I said, hey, Mike, one of these teams lost outright, Baltimore, Washington, or Minnesota, your answer would be? Well, I mean, the lose outright there's so many unknowns,
1: like I mentioned, if you're talking about losing outright, uh, the commanders seem like they can blow it.
5: Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> no, Gil. That's, all right. <laughs> right? that's why I uh, asked
1: against, against that team, everything going poorly for that team too. think about it. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a considerable joke, really, uh, what's happening out with that franchise in Arizona. But uh, you know, from a double digit, from a spread standpoint, you know, the Ravens, Lamar Jackson didn't play at all. He's got a new offense coordinator. I would have loved to have seen some type of run, some type of um, uh, audition, or not audition, some type of rehearsal, uh, if you will, in terms of that team getting ready for the season. Uh, they have to flip the switch, right? Uh, and flipping the switch, and you're playing a game like this, it's, it, it, I get it, the opponent uh, to be desired, right? And, and I think there's a lot of question marks there, but uh, you are talking about uh, a prideful coach now, Dimiko and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the Ravens, if they don't execute you know, at, at a high level, uh, they can be in a tough, tough battle. And I, even though it's the opener, uh, they should win it. Uh, but that, that double digit spread uh, concerns me a little bit.
3: Alright, we have 10 seconds. The game you're most looking forward to watching just from a football fan perspective is?
1: Uh, tomorrow night. I mean, I, I think the Lions can really uh, open up a lot of eyes. They got a great opportunity. Uh, and we'll see about the Chiefs. You know, this Chris Jones thing is, is no, no joke to me. And uh, two, th- two of the three best players on that team are not, perhaps, will not be available for the Chiefs to start the season. It's
3: pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Pritch, appreciate it. Mike Pritchard, everybody. M.I. Pritchard. Thank you, Mike. And couldn't be Thank happy you. for you about Colorado. It's awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. Coming back, Frank Schwab on the NFL. We'll try him again. A little false start, a little mulligan earlier in the week. Frank Schwab from Yahoo on the NFL next. Numbers game Vista, the Sports Betting Network.
1: the Sports Betting
2: Network.
3: Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand for VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up today for only $19 for your first month at VEASAN.com. Slash subscribe. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidland. Live from Bar Canada at the D downtown. Where? Uh, what are we overlooking right now? We're overlooking a bar. Uh, a bunch Sig- of tables. Sigma Derby's heating up. Slots. Bacon Nation. we got three people at Sigma Derby. It's heating up. You ever play the, the old Sigma Derby? You ever play it?
4: Oh, yeah. 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 It's a good you know, way. it was a
3: big Sigma Derby guy, Fortinball. He loves Sigma Really? Oh,
4: he loves Sigma I mean, if you're looking for classic Vegas, there's not, many, there's not many other machines in town where you have to go get a bucket full of quarters and, and punch them in, and that, that, that's one of them. So, yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time.
3: You know how Pritch brought up uh, Colorado getting snubbed for the, uh, the, the unanimous national title? Totally
4: agree. I love that he that, 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 that <laughs> sticks with it. He
3: sticks with it. He just sort of wedged that yeah, in the yeah, conversation. Yeah. Vegas regular. Pritchard with no mention of the fifth down in that championship season. Cute, he says. <laughs> uh, Johnny Ringo, one win in Colorado's considered playing at a high level. Interesting.
4: Everybody, everybody. They got to be careful with Adrian Martinez this week, right? He's, he's still <laughs> in Nebraska, right? He's got to be there for his nineteenth year. And, for knowledge. <laughs> and for knowledge. That was great. That was
3: great. Frank Schwab joins us uh, for oh, the second time yet. this. Oh, not quite. Yeah, not quite. Oh, okay, I'm so sorry. My apologies.
4: Oh. Yeah, yeah, not quite yet. Usually I
3: have that kind of information. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, not quite yet. But, you know, we're working things out here, working things out as well. Um, so if you can get plus 550 on Strider at a certain at a certain shop, even the plus 450s, what are we talking about? What do we, This is the most incredible thing in the world to me. And, again, I was trying to be super objective. Um, you know, we don't know what these guys are ultimately going to base their votes on for an award like Cy Young as I said yesterday, maybe if they treat it as the MVP of pitching, that you could make a case for a Justin Steele. Uh, because Strider made a good team, great, uh, it could be argued, and Blake Snell made a sucky team suck less. But Justin Steele's the one who actually put a team into the postseason, it could be argued. On the other hand, if you told me that when they announced the three finalists that Zach Gallen's going to be in there instead of Justin Steele, I'd wish I could bet on something like that. Because I think that would be plus money, and I think I'd bet it. So you just never know with these people. You just never know. Uh, real brief because, of course, it is week one of the NFL season. Just a review of some of the plays that I have going. Uh, I have a Giants alternate season win total under six and a half wins. I gave my explanation in the Vicent betting guide as to why I bet that. But it has a lot to do with the Giants performing tremendously well in high leverage situations, not only last year, but also just generally playing so well Uh, on third and fourth down, when on first and second down, they were actually not good at all between the 20s uh, as well versus inside the red zone. So there's all kinds of ways that earned Brian Dable a Coach of the Year award, which I kind of think, I don't really draw the line back to Dable. I just draw the line into, hey, sometimes you can sustain good performance in high leverage situations, much like a baseball team can sustain runners in scoring position prowess for a long period of time much like a Philadelphia Eagles team in 2017 could sustain third down conversion prowess for a long time. The Giants kind of did it in a different way for much of the season. Uh, I don't see that continuing this year. So I went all season win total under six and a half on them at plus 185.
4: They are. Are they not one of the more interesting teams to you this year? In large part because of that, of what everything you just said about last year. Like the Giants and Vikings, because I think there's still some quality pieces on both those teams. And I'm interested to see how it works out with Minnesota with a couple of the you know, players that have moved on and who they replaced them with, right? So you got Addison coming in, Thielen going out, Dalvin Cook, you know, going out. You got Alexander Madison back and well up there. I am mean, interested to see how much that actually affects them and how much things just regress to the norm, right, with as far as end of games, like we talked about with Minnesota and New York and all and all those, uh, and those two teams. So I, I am extremely fascinated with both those teams this year because I think there's – High-ceiling, low-floor possibilities with both of them. Yeah.
3: the only I mean, uh, I'm fascinated by lots of teams, but throw them in the list for sure. Yeah. Uh, the only other season win total bet I made, and again, these are only two alternates. It's just funny, with Major League Baseball, when I used to write my baseball manifesto, both here at, at Vison and then years before when I used to do it, I used to have multiple season win totals bets. And for whatever reason over the years, I've sort of backed down on those. The Rangers, the Texas Rangers, were my only season win total play in baseball this year, the over as they're limping into that. Um, But in football, I'm really all about the alternate season win totals. So the only other one I made was on the Washington Commanders, uh, over 7.5 wins, sort of a tandem bet with the Giants. They're at plus 190, whereas the Giants' alternate season win total low was plus 185 on the under. Um, I just think that Sam Howell's going to be fine. I actually think he is, you know, and this is what people in Washington are banking on, is he the guy that everybody thought was the front-runner. Like, with that year, before his senior year, we had any number of college football experts come on and say, oh, he's the bet for Heisman Trophy. Didn't work out that way. But he got drafted late.
4: Or at minimum, he was going to be a fir- like a first-round pick. Right, yeah. he
3: got drafted late. And Washington feels like they have a steal in him. Uh, Ron Rivera didn't seem to know that Sam Howell was on his bench, at least by his public comments. He's like, well, if I knew he was that good, I would have played him earlier. Uh, he's thrown all of 11 forward passes in actual live regular season football. Um, but everything we've seen from him then and really in the preseason, he looks pretty good. And he's got the, the incomparable Terry McLaurin. Hopefully McLaurin is not uh, hampered too much by the toe injury that he incurred this uh, this preseason. Uh, that defensive front is still solid. So again, not asking them to even be a 500 football team. But 8-9 and nine wins me that bet. I think they're... In an NFC that is weakened, uh, I think that they have a good shot at that, at getting to 8 and 9. I don't know if they're a playoff team, but I'm just going, if you can give me an alternate plus 190 at 7.5, sure, I'll play that. And again, if you, I know the reaction to a lot of these bets with these alternate season windows, Are you crazy the Giants are going are gonna to win fewer than 6.5? Are you crazy Washington's not going to win more than 7.5? Just, te- just check any final NFL standings at the end of any year. Alternate season win totals, the way to go. You have some conventional season win
4: totals that you played. Yeah, I did. There was uh, We talked about this a little while back when we were going over all the win totals. And, hey, first win total Wednesday of the season, so happy win total Wednesdays because hey, we'll bring yeah, that back. Sure. Fi- figured this week we'd just go over the ones we made and then we'll oh, do updated ones every week as we go out go on through the season. Um, we talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago. I, I don't know that I found – what I felt like was as much of value in some of the alt markets this year as I would have said the past two seasons. So, yeah, a little bit more conventional uh, win total plays for me. Cause, and, and, look, there's there are two teams that I am – I do think there's a fine line there with, so I didn't want to get too greedy with them. But, uh, yeah, Steelers under nine wins, which I think I've talked about uh, a fair amount on here. Uh, but, yeah, Steelers under nine wins. That is my biggest bet, obviously, of the three that we're looking at uh, right now on the screen. Uh, Steelers under nine wins. Look, Mike Tomlin never had a losing season. I'm guessing he's going to have one this year, uh, finally, Gil. I think that there is – this isn't – I know every, there's a lot of people that are very high on the Steelers team. Do I think – Kenny Pickett's going to continue to progress. Yeah, I I think he is. I'm I'm maybe not as in love with him as some other people are, but I think he's a quality young quarterback who could be be good in this league. I think we haven't seen the best of Najee Harris yet, too. I, I will say that. But this is this is in large part due to how stacked the AFC is, and mainly how stacked the AFC North is. And I just think they are the fourth team in that division. Because yes, I am higher. I'm high on the Browns. I am high on the Ravens. And I am and the Bengals. I think are a potential Super Bowl team. So that in large part is both of the bets I have on the Steelers. In large part due to the division, due to the conference that they play. And then the other team that hey, I mean, I've got a week one bet against. You've got a week one bet against. I just can't really figure out all the love for is is the Patriots. It just seems like – I expect the defense to be good, and I know everybody keeps bringing that up, and I do expect the defense to be good. I feel like we're making a lot of assumptions, though, with this team. I do, of too. Like, I do too. That the coordinator change is just going to completely fix yeah. things, that Mac Jones is going to be – Way more like year one, Mac Jones, and better than that. And right. in this
3: particular case, Jalen Hurts not playing preseason football, you know, to any degree, right? Like, oh, that's gonna hurt them,
4: yeah, right? For the game for for week one, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just, I, I think for for me for the whole season, there is a lot. I just feel like we're assuming a lot, and could could it come true? Yes, it could. But again, just like the Steelers. They're in a very tough division in the toughest conference in the NFL. That it's another one where I'm high on the Dolphins. I'm interested in the Jets. Like, I do think that's a team that, if they get everything going, could be pretty damn good this year. And I don't, I think the Bills. You know, whether this is a good thing or a bad thing to say, I think we've kind of figured out who the Bills are by now. Like, this is... They feel forgotten in a way because of that. What's that? I f- they feel forgotten in a way well, because well, of yeah, that. Well, yeah, because I just don't... Do you believe the Bills are winning a Super Bowl? I don't believe the Bills are winning a Super Bowl. I,
3: I'm, right No, now. I won't take it that far. Like, no. yeah, I don't yeah. think they
4: are. So yeah. I th- do I think they're going to be a playoff team? Hell yeah. yeah. And they're somewhere stuck in between. there.
3: Yeah. Um. I, even as you mentioned, like the Jets, and you, you talked, you said, "Like, who are you most interested in finding out?" So many teams, so many. Teams. Um, yeah. I mean, football, King, we can't wait. Obviously, starts for reals tomorrow night. We'll talk to Adam Burke about Major League Baseball. We'll effort Frank Schwab as well. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
2: A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network.
3: The updated NFL betting guide is out now. Throughout the NFL preseason, the VSIN experts have been reevaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL betting guide will have picks from every on air host, team specific preseason analysis, how to use VSIN betting splits, and football contest strategies. If you want the best and most comprehensive collection of picks, predictions, and previews, now's the time to become a Visa Pro subscriber for as low as $19 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smart all year long sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe a lot of love for the um, the beating the book megapod kelly uh mcmanus feels like i've been waiting for the megapods for about three eternities welcome back best pod on earth marcus phillips 2.0 there's only one thing that gets me happier than nfl season start it's megapod time love you guys all the best to all of you from a, from the spanish mediterranean islands the best Whoa. pod start ever. Todd going all out and Gil sighing after two minutes. LOL. <laughs> uh, Mike Rouse, great question during the megapod on the Fez Brad Powers bantering on Twitter. Yeah, we got into everything. Oh boy. I asked Fez. I was like, "You guys friends or enemies? What's the deal?" You have to listen to the podcast for the answer.
4: For <laughs> I'll Have to
3: listen. That was not I'll, the answer. I'll
0: have to listen.
3: <laughs> I also asked him again. My question that is was aggressive. Asked Fez. I was I asked Fezic as, as I always do for the podcast audience. I'm like this nice guy in real life and
4: you're super smart what
3: happens to you on twitter
4: (laughs) people don't like if they if you only know him from twitter you just you don't know you don't know you don't know he came here and brought the whole crew donuts yesterday he's the nicest guy on the face of the earth and then yes i see on twitter just battles battles
3: (laughs) paul zang on the megapod the holidays have come early sly bride my drive to las cruces tonight is three hours thanks fellas for covering half of it ryan hyatt uh, ryan Hyde. always great to hear that uh, will hill is getting some airtime now he's so limited in his appearances he says <laughs> thanks to all for the uh, great content scotty 509 you are back i know you didn't go anywhere but the beating the book podcast is fantastic to people that love to bet on put on football thank you Gil and banshees of atlantic city our long national nightmare is over with it so i i super super appreciative of everybody uh everybody's loyalty to the podcast it is uh We got into so many things I mentioned earlier, not just, you know, what's the proper play when you're down 14, how many teams actually do it, two-for-ones we talked about and what in-game bets you can make. Uh, But we got into just also, you know, football theory about is first first and goal at the 10 if you could make an in-game bet right there, an in-game opportunity because – and Todd has maintained this for years. I give him credit on this. First and goal at the 10 – is is not it's not made enough of how much more difficult that is
4: exponentially difficult than the first and goal at four at the four
3: or whatever right. yeah and that launches into a whole thing of like okay if you had if you have second and two at the thirteen or let's say the fourteen yeah. should you automatically jump off sides it got us into discussions like that it got us into a discussion about and this is where like heads will start to explode right but it got us into a discussion of I, I alluded to this earlier but I didn't get into it. If you score a touchdown to go up three really late in the game, are you better off not kicking the extra point because of how that makes the offense play the subsequent drive? If you have fourth and goal... Wait, hold on. Explain that one real quick. You you score
4: a touchdown and
3: you're up three after the six? After the six, do you... Do you not kick the extra point? I know this will make people's heads explode, but these are the kinds of conversations we got into on the Megabyte. Yeah, yeah. in addition to all our picks, right, right? right? Do you not kick the extra point because the offense on the subsequent drive will play it differently? In other words, instead of having to score a touchdown, they'll ratchet it back conservatively and only play for a field goal, even though they would never acknowledge that, you know, outwardly.
4: No, aren't you talking? You would be talking. Score a touchdown to put you up two, and then you could go extra point to put you up no, three. Or no, no. That's why
3: not would you?
4: Would you would always kick the extra point to go up four? Then
3: that would be what what conventional wisdom would tell you. Or is there? Or is? is are you somehow incentivized at that point to push it to to more likely push it to overtime instead? Because you're going to play defense anyway, right? You either stop them or stop them. But the way that the offense will play, they would ratchet it back and only try to get a field right. goal to tie it, as opposed to needing to score the touchdown. It's a whole thing. Uh, there was there was something else we, we got into, um, and now it's escaping me. But it, but but it also has to do with in strategy
4: because then the field goal beats oh, you. We
3: took it. At, listen, no, 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 no. We're not talking about going for two. You just don't do anything. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you just don't do it. Like, we, we got into that kind of thing. Fourth Take and a D? <laughs> hold on. Fourth and goal at the one. Yeah. Right? Fezzik will make the case in, the, in that same situation. It's better to, instead of kicking a field goal late and just going up three... It's just as valid to kneel on the ball and not kick it at all. That he's just trying to point out how bad field goals are in that situation and how you should obviously go for the touchdown. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, So all kinds of ways to try to make you think about the game differently. Yeah. Now, will any teams actually do this in practice? Mm, Different story. But – in, within that, there's a lot of in-game betting
4: nuggets in there as well because we do arrive at those. There's days. so much that in college football, it's like it's even bigger. I feel like in college football because there was it was Duke Clemson. I think it was early, and Duke settled for a field goal at like the four. And like yes. I'm just sitting there, I'm like, "You're Duke yeah. against Clemson. You drove it this far, and you're settling for a field goal this early in the game. Like, try to make a statement, you know?" Now well, clearly that game went on, yeah, and they looked very
3: good. Well, but, Clemson just kept giving them. Yeah, yeah. There, was, there was another game, and I w- can't remember which college football game it was, but one of the coaches decided he was going for it fourth and goal at like the, the plus 40 yard line, you know, fourth and seven, whatever it was, they converted. Then they had a fourth and shorter later in the drive. He's like, nah, I'm good now. I didn't that. see
4: that game, but yeah. yes, when that stuff happens, I'm like, what? Right, what, so was, what are you
3: doing? I watched 5,000 college football games, so I have no idea which game it was at this point. But, yeah, that was another one where you're like, what are you doing?
4: The um uh, but while we're on win total Wednesdays, I forgot I told you about this before the show. Would you like to know what so- the most bet win totals are? Oh yes, yes,
3: yeah. yes, yes, yes.
4: So this is this is from over uh, from our friends at Bet MGM, just, to, just um, to give
3: you a window into the minds of betters.
4: Yeah, because I I mean this was interesting to me. Because um, we, I, I don't know if you remember, we heard really early on when win totals were released that the Steelers over was the one that just kept getting out Because people you? saw eight and a half. Eight they know half. the Mike Tomlin stat. They're like, well, of course.
3: How could this lose? All right.
4: So most bet win totals, you want tickets? We'll go. All right. Most bet overs. Yes. Tickets. Patriots <laughs> over seven and a half, number one. Commanders. Do people have the final scores and we don't? I know. I know. I know. Commanders over six and a half, number two. Huh. Steelers okay. over eight and a half, number three by handle. Commanders is number one well, over. Well, that, those people are smart.
3: If you're gonna bet the Commanders, just throw your whole <laughs> mortgage on it. <laughs> there you
4: yeah. go. Yeah. Steelers is number two over eight and a half. Patriots number three over seven and a half. Where is this? This is where. This no? is BetMGM. Bet Bet This is okay. Bet MGM. Right. Most bet unders on the season by tickets. Cardinals four and a half. The four and a half. Um, So still not
3: low enough for people.
4: Yeah, apparently. Raiders, 6.5. Jets,
3: 9.5. That's the schedule, dude.
4: Under, yeah. That's those first six games. If that goes sideways, man. Now, by handle, a little different. Raiders, number one. Raiders, do, which I get. I mean, yeah. I, I bet them I bet them to have fewest wins in the NFL. That was before what we learned from the Cardinals. So but we, still, though, we should be careful about making assumptions assumption with the handle because that could just be one dude no, who's totally, like bet a hundred thousand on this. Total. That's why I'm reading both. Yeah. That's why I'm reading both. Yeah. Uh, Panthers under seven and a half, and Cardinals under four and a half, and uh, round down okay. the top three. All right. So, so yeah, you're right. I mean, Raider. I mean, Panthers yeah. weren't even on the top three tickets.
3: Since we were talking about coaches in college and and the way they play stuff there and how they were inconsistent. Coach of the year again in the NFL, which is something I have a bet on. I have Matt LaFleur bet. The, the thinking being Matt LaFleur is at 16-1. to 1? That's the exact number I got him at. I think I got him at like plus 1585 or something like that to be specific. Um, don't hold me to that penny, but it's right around there. And the thinking being, hey, if Jordan Love is actually good and the Packers make the playoffs, let alone win a division, that the thinking will immediately go to Matt LaFleur of, well, Apparently it was Matt LaFleur this whole time. Yeah. It, you know, as great as Aaron Rodgers was, this guy's not just a stooge standing by to him. Look how he coached up Jordan Love. And I actually think Jordan Love has a shot at being pretty good because he's been in the same system for many years. So I have a bet on Matt LaFleur. Dan Campbell's the short shot. Uh, he begins his coach of the year effort tomorrow night. He's plus 850. Sean Payton of the Broncos is the second short shot at 9-1. to Eberflus, Matt Eberflus, who I have a bet on, will be the first coach to be fired if things don't go well in Chicago, he's eleven to one. These are at DraftKings. Arthur Smith of the Falcons, fourteen to one, and then Lafleur and Sala of the Jets at sixteen to one for Coach
4: of the Year. This is probably the last market where I might add a, a bet or two before we finally kick things off tomorrow night. so yeah, because I I, have, I don't have anybody here, but oh. I agree with I agree with I, I might be tailing you and. And Matt Brown, we, we, you each have. I think he's got a couple bets, but I know he's got a Pete Carroll one. You're on Lafleur. Yeah. I agree with both. I made a bet. I uh, made a bet last week: Seahawks to make the playoffs, not to ma- not to win the division, but to make the playoffs. What number? Uh, minus one twenty, I think is what it was. Yeah. Um, and then I have, you know, I have that. Sm- it's not big, but I have a smaller Packers division bet, and I completely agree with you. If you're ge- if you're looking at that and you're making that kind of bet for the Packers to win the division, you're trying to figure out a path exactly. Like you add that, you you either play it by proxy yeah. or you add that bet. Be terrible. Bet could be terribly wrong.
3: Could but be. If, but yeah. if there's a path that would lead to a narrative that would get people voting on this. It- is what you're betting and
4: the one other name I'm going to throw out real quick I'm not high on this team but if you're high on this team I don't know why you wouldn't be betting Bill Belichick in this 30 to 1 they, people be tripping over themselves to give Bill Belichick this award if he has a good season
3: they'd be tripping tripping I believe Kelly just said
4: um, Adam
3: Burke will join us he is VEASAN's senior MLB analyst we will talk all things Major League Baseball what a home stretch this is in terms of the NL wild card race and of course the
0: AL West that's next
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: A numbers
1: game on v
2: the sports betting network.
3: The best Thursday of the year is coming up, and it's all about NFL opening night. Football's back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is hooking new customers up with a can't-miss offer to celebrate. Place your first $5 NFL bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Don't wait till kickoff to get in on the hype. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VEGAS. New customers get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5. That's code VEGAS only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Skill Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin live from Bar Canada here at the D, downtown Las Vegas. Uh, we get tweets at Beat of the Book. Let me just read a few more of these. This is from uh, Thomas Stack. Uh, he also got Snell tickets. Uh, excuse me. He also got Strider tickets. He says, and again, uh, Snell's next two starts, Blake Snell's next two starts are at Houston and at the Dodgers. Real chance he gets knocked around in one or both of those. Thomas, absolutely, because again, what Blake Snell is doing is historic. Not since 1913 has someone led the major leagues in both ERA and walks and walk percentage. Think about that. Those two things are completely incongruous with each other. So it hasn't been for 110 years where someone has led both, and all of that made possible by Blake Snell's near-record uh, strand rate, which, again, the record is uh, John Candelaria back in 1979, I believe it was 88.8%, and Snell is hovering just a couple percentage points below that. It's just incredible. He's Houdini. Uh, this also a reaction to what we were talking about on the Megapod. Trust the Glove. I get the probable ratchet effect on the offense from not kicking the point after, but ballsy, though, absolutely it would be. And Emmy Chance, the real issue at the heart of going up three versus going up four is that trailing teams should be trying for touchdowns when down three in the last two minutes. Yes, they all seem to dial it back, though, and play for the field goal try. Go for six. Yeah, that's that's uh, the other way of putting it when I was trying to get out with that. Uh, Adam Burke joins us, ladies and gentlemen. He is uh, always busy writing for com. He is our senior MLB analyst, but he keeps his eye on all kinds of sports. He joins us now. How are you doing, Adam?
5: Good, good. Very busy time of year, to say the least.
3: Uh, Let me start with your Guardians. Still have a chance or no? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Very simple question. (laughs) Very simple answer. Just wanted to get that out there. Um, Okay. What is your instinct on the AL West, Adam? The Rangers are now not only on the outside looking in in the AL West, they're on the outside looking in in the wild card race they're a half game behind the Blue Jays would you bet that let's talk about the wild card race would you bet them to miss the playoffs at plus 140 right now
5: I don't know if I'd bet anybody in that mix to miss the playoffs I mean I think Texas is just obviously things don't look very good for them right now but that team is way too talented to keep playing like this throughout the month of September offensively they'll get it going again and you know, I mean, Uvalde coming back didn't look very good yesterday, but he's at least an upgrade over some of the guys that were kind of filling in for them, or at least he should be, assuming that he's healthy enough to perform at a decent level. But, but I don't think Toronto is all that good. I mean, Toronto's had major issues hitting any right-handed pitcher who's above average throughout the second half here, and they should run into a few more of those. So I think I'd, I would probably look at, te- at Toronto as being more likely to miss the playoffs than Texas, despite how the two teams are playing right now. But... I don't know if I'll get involved in in that race there. I mean, you know, it is four teams going for three spots. And who knows? Maybe we get a little bit of a play in game between Toronto and Texas or Toronto and Seattle or something like that.
3: Um, NL wildcard four teams vying for the number three position. Who is your instinct on, on, on the team that makes it between the Reds, the Marlins, the Diamondbacks and the Giants?
5: Well, I mean, I, I've kind of been against the Marlins throughout the second half here a little bit because guys like Jesus Lazardo, Braxton Garrett, they're all reaching innings thresholds that they've never reached at the big league level. So that's something where I kind of expected those guys to fall off. And I, I kind of thought we saw it from Lazardo. He gave up 21 runs in a four start stretch, but then over his last three starts has been really good. So he kind of seemed to turn it around a little bit, which was pretty surprising to me. The Reds are just dealing with so much right now. I mean, they have three, you know, bulk type of pitchers, two starters on the COVID list, which we haven't really had to talk about in a long period of time. Mm-hmm. They've had cluster injuries in the lineup. L.A. De La Cruz has not been the same hitter that he was in his debut month. They've had a lot of things going on, and yet here they are, still hanging around in that race. So I'm not really keen on Miami. Arizona, I just don't think they really have the starting pitching, and Zach Gallen hasn't been as sharp. Uh, you know, really since the middle of May, as he was throughout the month of April. And I think almost by default, you kind of look at the Reds, even though I think that, you know, it's a very difficult situation for them with all the injuries that they have going on. So kind of lean with Cincinnati, but another market where I just think it's too high variance and too volatile to really make a bet into.
3: And El Cy Young will be who and it should be who?
5: Well, I think it'll be Blake Snell, but I think it should be Spencer Strider. I mean, I I realize that Spencer Strider's ERA is 356 and people get all bent about ERA, but we have much better metrics than that nowadays to really take a look at. And, I mean, Strider's strikeout rate is ridiculous, to say the least. Uh, You know, he's pitching for a team that's going to make the playoffs, which the Padres are not. So, you know, I do think that's something that the voters care about. I don't necessarily care about it, but I do think it's something that the voters absolutely take into account. I mean, he's got a 281 FIP. That's spectacular. He's got an expected ERA under three. That's also really, really good. You know, the gaudy strikeout total certainly helps him. I I don't know. I guess we'll kind of see where the voting electorate is because it is getting younger. And I would think that those people who have grown up in the era of analytics care less about ERA. So to me, I think it should be Spencer Strider. But that was an excellent point that, that one of your listeners made there where Snell you know, draws a Houston lineup that's been decimating left-handed pitching all second half long. And then the Dodgers, who are, of course, you know, probably second to the Braves in terms of the best offense in baseball. So, Snell, it may be his award to lose, but he may have a chance to do it here in his, in his upcoming starts. Well said. Uh, you have any plays in Major League Baseball today, sir? I haven't really dug too deep into the card yet. Uh, It's been crazy busy between football starting up and then we actually moved to a different place here over the weekend. So it's been very, very busy. You've got a lot of things going going on in your
3: life. What about about football? Anything pro or college that you have pulled the trigger on so far?
5: Yeah, there are some stuff I've looked at here in in both college football and the NFL. Uh, I love Temple this week. Temple takes on Rutgers. Uh, This is a line that's up around the 10 range. It was You know, 10 when it opened, it's nine now. Very low total, getting over a touchdown with Temple. Look, Rutgers didn't impress me very much against Northwestern. I think they had about 280 yards in that game, and 150 of them came on their first two drives. So they didn't really do anything after Northwestern kind of settled into that game. I know Temple only beat Akron by three, but Akron's a much improved team. They were much better in the second half last year. I think they'll be a better team this year as well. Joe Moorhead's doing a really good job there. So I think that Temple and Rutgers line is way too big. I actually have it four and a half in my power rating. So I think the Owls are a really, really good play this week.
3: You think that move in, let's switch to the NFL for a second. You think the move on the Chiefs is too much yesterday, going down to four points here at Circa?
5: Yeah, I think at this point in time, four, four and a half would be a buyback spot on Kansas City. I mean, I, I realize that there are concerns about the wide receiver core for for the Chiefs, and you know, so many things go through Kelsey, and he's such an important player in terms of, you know, not only opening up the middle of the field, but opening up other parts of the field as well. But if anybody is capable of overcoming something like that, it would be Patrick Mahomes and it would be probably against this Detroit defense where, you know, keep in mind, as exciting as this offense was, as much as nobody wanted to play this team in the NFC playoffs, if they had made it, it was all about the offense for Detroit. They were a really, really poor defensive squad last year, and maybe they'll make a 180 degree turnaround, but you know, I, I just think a player like Mahomes, he'll figure it out. You know, It's just what a guy like him does. So I think four and a half is too low. I mean, as great as Kelsey is, is any tight end in the NFL worth a two and a half point adjustment that's in today's game? Point. Yeah, that's I would kind of say my no.
3: point at the beginning. Yeah, you, we don't see that. Um, your survivor play this week, do you have that figured out?
5: I do, actually, but I'd like people to go over to vcin.com Let's and do read that. it because Let's that's an article that. that I posted yesterday. I will say, you know, for week one, there are several interesting options. I mean, the Vikings could be an option. Obviously, Baltimore, people will like a lot going up against C.J. Stroud in his first game. The Commanders, I mean, this is about the only week you can take Washington. Because keep in mind, you know, if you're in a survivor contest, depending on the rules, you have to take at least 18 of the 32 teams, probably 19 or 20. If you you have a league or a pool that uses Thanksgiving as its own week or, you know, all the games are on Christmas, whatever the case may be. There will be weeks where you have to take teams that are not elite, that are not very good, that are just kind of middling and mediocre, and some of those teams may be here in week one. So, you know, I know it's a bit of a risk to take a team that's, you know, not elite, but it also may be the best situation of the season
3: for them. All right, you got thirty seconds for this answer. I asked this of Kelly and Matt on the uh, beating the book NFL preview pod, um, season long preview pod, which preceded the week one. What is the consensus? Um, viewpoint you have heard, or maybe just anecdotally you hear a lot of people liking something, a team or a, or a bed. What's the one that you've heard this off season that you just push back on your like, I don't get why people think this 20 seconds.
5: Well, I think the biggest one, and, and this is kind of soured a little bit here, I think, but I didn't get the hype about Chicago. I, I don't get the hype about the Bears, you know, going over seven and a half. Justin Fields takes a lot of abuse, and that defense was really, really poor last year. They have to improve a lot, and I think the three teams in their division are better than them. So I don't think the Bears are going to reach any of the expectations some people have for them.
3: All right, Adam, great talking to you. Good luck with the move. Skating Tripods is the Twitter. managing editor, ManagingEditorVeason.com, and of course, our senior MLB analyst. Thank you, Adam. Thanks, guys. Adam Burke, everybody. He does such a great job on everything. Oh, he's awesome. And Best he's moving right now. And he's moving. Enjoy. Best Bets is next right here at v